0: Welcome back to Get Outside With Kids, the podcast where we help you create more awesome memories outside with your family. This is Kate and Jen. And tonight we're doing, I think, Jen, one of my favorite types of episodes. We've been doing these uh, every season for the last little while. We've been doing a recap of the times when things didn't go well. We think that we probably see too many things on Instagram or you hear beautiful, perfect stories. You see people's photos of these amazing, perfect moments we know that's not what's going on in the background and we know that's not what you're dealing with. And so tonight, Jen, we are pulling back the curtain. We're talking about what's behind there. We're talking about the epic fails, the winter 2022, 2023 edition tonight.
1: Yeah, I love doing this one with you. Um, And to change it a little bit, stick around to the end because we have decided we're going to share one win at the end. We recently had an event that felt like a huge win for for both of our families happened to be there. Uh, But as always, let's start off with the fails first because it's far more interesting and far more funny. And I mean, the reality is, as we were brainstorming for this episode, we were like, oh, what about the meltdowns? And I was like, but that's every day. It's so hard to distinguish between which ones are extra spectacular. Um, it, you know, So just a reminder, if you're in a place where those meltdowns are happening so frequently, it's hard to pull out which meltdown was like extra spectacular that you want to focus on. Uh, we
0: feel that as well. So funny. We kept being like, well, what about like epic moments where the kids like threw themselves on the ground and screamed and refused to go. And it's like, well, I mean, it happened today, but it was just a regular school drop off. Like. <laughs> I don't know how to differentiate between the most epic ones. Like if you don't have a kid who has that type of meltdowns, and we've heard that these children exist, I don't know that either of us has one of these children, but some some kids don't have those kind of show-stopping meltdowns. And so you'd be like, that would be, a you know, the biggest moment of the season. For us, we're like, no, that happens all the time. So, we've tried to pull out the absolute, you know, the times when things, we really made a big mistake, <laughs> things went badly, um, or it was a very memorable meltdown.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I will kick this off because I've got a few that have to deal with skiing and the cold, both a couple with the kids and then a couple with me personally. Um, so as you can imagine, when our family of four goes skiing, and I'm using the skiing in air quotes, which you can't see right, right now, because my youngest child is only three. So I mean, arguably, he's not quite cutting it down the hill <laughs> yet. He's getting a lot of assistance from my <laughs> husband. So skiing is a, is a light term here. My oldest son, who is six, this last weekend, actually, I think he actually skied like he actually put it together. And I was like, Oh, this is skiing. So again, that's not the actual win for today. So bonus win story. (laughs) Um, But when you pack up the car for four people to go skiing, I mean, Kate, you know, it feels like we're putting our entire life into the car. We often pre-pack the night before because there is just so much gear and miscellaneous stuff to, to pack up. And I think after the last two times in a row that we have forgotten something crucial. I'm like, we need a checklist. Like we need some sort of system because this isn't cutting it. So if I throw back to a couple of weeks ago, we get all the way up to the mountain, all the way to get there. You know, you unpack the car and then I'm like, where's one of our children's sets of skis? Like there's only three skis in the car and we are a family of four. Uh, and my husband uh, had packed one of these skis away somewhere else when we were cleaning up from our last ski trip. And we did not have that set of skis. And as you know, like every minute on the mountain counts and you've gotten your kids there and you're ready to go and you're in line. And I was like, oh my God, if we have to rent skis, like that could take another hour. Like that could be the It's like day, game over. That's
0: it. We're done. Yeah. There's no way you're going to rent skis.
1: The very, very silver lining of this is I was rapid fire messaging you because we had actually planned to try and meet up. And another fail was like, your family got out the door much earlier. My kids were not moving that fast. I'm like, we'll see you on the mountain. And by the time we had gotten there, your kids were already so done skiing that you were literally leaving the mountain (laughs) already due to other meltdowns. So Um, due to two fails, I'm like, the two fails kind of canceled out because we were actually able to borrow your set of skis because you were already done skiing for the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like if you don't know much about skiing, um, you you might not be aware. Like if you're an adult, you'd, Jen, we used to go before kids, Jen, we'd go like all day, you know, you'd go multiple hours. My kids can go multiple minutes before they mostly lose it in like, or I've had enough because the whining's too much. And like you said, I think we're starting to maybe just sort of, see the other side, poke our head above the water a little bit and see like a pa- a time when skiing could be enjoyable. But for now it's like an absolute mountain of gear and so much work. So when message said we didn't bring any skis for one of our kids, I, the sympathy was like, the empathy was real because I was like, I know how hard you've worked to get here and now one of your kids can't even ski because they've got no gear.
1: So it was lucky that we were up there. Lucky you were up there. And thank you to your child who was having a meltdown, who needed to leave the mountain (laughs) immediately that we could borrow a set of skis, actually. Thank goodness. Um, Saved by a meltdown. Thank goodness. Saved by a meltdown. Who would have thought that uh, that (laughs) happened? Um, And maybe we'll just finish up the ski stories because, you know, you might think, well, certainly then going skiing without children would be easier hint it should be. So uh Kate and I both obviously have a ski pass and we're pretty good about having a girls night once a week. Although I think you're abandoning me this week, Kate, because you've already skied three days this week. Okay, fine. People um, listening in are like, what are these people
0: doing in here? Like, this is unusual. This is very unusual. Is we're unusual. very <laughs> lucky to live near mountains where we can go in the evenings. And that is a huge privilege. We're very, very lucky to live in the Vancouver area where you can do that. It's not a normal thing to be able to go skiing after work, but that's that's the Vancouver life also if you're listening and you should move to Vancouver it's a great place to
1: live anyway yeah we're always looking for new friends we, we really are we, we went up a couple of weeks ago well as I'm as I'm recording this I'm like I'm still in pain so I do Know the exact date. Um, it was two Thursdays ago. It's so about ten days ago since since we're hitting record on this. We went up. We knew conditions were going to be marginal at best. But you know, as a mom, as a parent, when you're like, "But this is our night. This is our one night a week to go out and do something." Like we're just going to go anyways. You know, it doesn't matter the conditions. We're just going to go. And so we get up there and we go all the way straight up to peak chair like we usually do. And we get up there and we're like, Ew, "Fucking a dad. I see. Um, and if you're on the top of Gross Mountain, the uh, there's a cat track down, which will come factor into the story in a moment. And then there's the main face down. And the main face down is quite steep. Um, it's certainly not a green run, and you wouldn't go up there um, if you were a beginner skier. And so Kate and I are kind of standing at, like, the precipice, looking over. And we're watching one person after another just eat it, like, just <laughs> bail. And then Kate so and I hard. look at ourselves like... <laughs> All right, we'll just continue down. And I don't know why, Kate. Like at no moment where we like the cat track is simply over to our right, and we should obviously just take the cat track down. No, but we I'm like, no, no.
0: I was like, it looks George horrible. Your head. Therefore, the answer is to go as fast as we can and get it over and done with. Put this whole thing behind us. Draw a line underneath it and move on.
1: Uh, so you it went didn't down go so first, well. which I appreciate. I I watch Kale, Kate Kale. Oh my gosh, I watch Kate bail which is what I'm trying to say here. Uh I watch you bail, go down the mountain. I see you get up and I'm like, okay, Kate's okay. She's making it down. Again, I still don't change direction. I'm still like, obviously, I'll just follow Kate down the mountain. Wherever Kate goes, I go. I go down the mountain. And I mean, your bail, you seem to be okay. My bail was, it was really bad. I ended up doing like a full 360, smashed my butt smashed my knee and then proceeded to slide down the mountain head first with my (laughs) snowboard in the air above me. Um, And there was just nothing to catch it on because it was just a sheet sheet of of ice. ice. Like Skates would have been better. Skates would have been appropriate for what we were dealing with. So by the time I finally stopped sliding and, you know, it's catch my breath, Kate had just looked up and she's like, oh, Jen's fine. She's just sitting there. I, she's okay noticed I wish existed. I'd seen it. I wish we'd got a video of it because I it think been you, good.
0: dear listener, would have liked to have seen Jen wipe out hard it, and it stand so up good. to live another day. <laughs>
1: So I'm immediately signaling to Kate, like, go right, go right. As it like get away from the peak chair, we need to like immediately go down to the lower chair because I will not survive again. Um, We did one more lap on the lower part of the mountain and we were like, that is it. We have to leave. I was in so much pain. We were frozen. It was so cold that night on the mountain. I don't even know why we did the extra lap. We should have just left after that first lap, but we were trying to like, again, like we'll do one more lap and be tough. And Ten days later, listener, my knee is still black and it's still very painful. I have not fallen like that in a long time. How's your bum? Um, so, note to self: my my bum is better. That one I recovered <laughs> after about four days. Uh, but the knee, the knee does is still unhappy. So, uh... I think my point here is: even when you're having a really good mom's night out, like still make good decisions, which we. Did not. We did not make good decisions it's that the night.
0: shortest It's the shortest night of skiing we've ever had. You know, normally we go, we don't go for very long because honestly, by the time we get to the base of the mountain after a full day of work and, you know, maybe being up with our kids the night before, I often get to the start of the run and I'm like, mm-hmm. I I'm so tired. I just want to go home immediately, but I know it'll be fun to do it. But that night we did like literally one run. We're like, and we're done and it's not a big mountain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was uh was not good. Yeah. It's been been painful ever since. (laughs) So why don't we warm it up at Kate and share some of our Australia stories because you were in Australia over a, five weeks this winter. Um, and we do have a, a bit of a longer recap on it, but let's share a few moments from that trip as well.
0: Yeah. Also, if you want to hear Jen's recap from her Mexico trip, please go back and hear how to vacation with kids because that was an amazing episode where we heard all about how Jen's, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of fails
1: on the trip and how how challenging it was with their youngest kid on their trip to Mexico. Timely on that, Kate. Uh, this, this trip to Mexico had so much impact on us that today, we canceled a trip to Aruba in the fall. Uh, There were numerous reasons we canceled this trip to Aruba. Um, We're supposed to go with my parents. Uh, You know, they were supporting us on this trip, but I literally, between the flights, the the logistics from West Coast to Aruba are terrible, which is one of the main drivers. So you just cannot fly from Vancouver to Aruba. If Air Canada is listening in, I would really appreciate some better flight routes. I'm sure Uh, they are, Jen. I
0: think that's realistic to think that they're listening.
1: (laughs) That's realistic, right? Uh, But it honestly was kind of the scars from Mexico that I was like, I just not sure I want to subject my three and a half year old to what could be 26 hours in transit oh and then show up with my parents. Like, I'm just, I'm just not sure that I was still like, I just not ready for this trip. And we we actually canceled it. So there were many factors involved, but needless to say, listen to the Mexico episode. Uh, and it definitely played a contributing factor to canceling an entire oh trip gosh. to the beautiful island of Aruba.
0: I would love to see your youngest kid after 26 hours of travel. That would be something to behold. <laughs>
1: Um, It would be, it would be, but continue
0: on Anyway, getting back to my trip to Australia um, There were, you know, a lot of flights, a lot of jet lag You know, shenanigans around that But the one thing that really stands out to me Is this day when we were there We were over the jet lag Everybody was feeling good And we went on what turned out to be quite a hot day to the the sort of city area. It's not cold downtown. If you're listening and you're from Perth, you're like, there is no downtown in Perth. But everybody else in the world is like, that's downtown. So, we went to this beautiful museum and it's been all redone and there are some amazing exhibits in there. And I was actually really surprised. My kids, who were three and five, got really, at the time- got really into the exhibits and they're really engaging. They're really interested in learning about like the forest and some of the history and some, you know, traditional ways of fishing. They learn all these cool things. And against my better judgment, after we'd sat down and eaten lunch, my daughter said to me, can we go back in? I want to go back in. And I thought, well, this is amazing. Like Jen, my kids are not particularly cultured. And I was like, Listen to my child begging to go back in to have more, you know, more deep and meaningful experiences. How can I deprive her of this? So I said, okay. I was like, I think we're all pretty tired, but okay. So we went back in for another hour. So by the time we left, we'd been there like, I don't know, four hours. It was a big day. It was hot. Big day. And and then we had to walk to the train. It wasn't a very long walk. But we could definitely see, me and my mum, who I was with, we could see the sort of little flowers of my children, they were sort of wiltering, wilting, kind <laughs> of starting to collapse. And we got onto the train and I honestly don't even know what I said to my five-and-a-half-year-old, but something triggered her and the train doors had closed as in no escape, we're going to the next stop now. And she absolutely lost it. She started to scream, she had it. A gigantic meltdown she ended up on the floor going <laughs> you know I think you can picture it to the point where and I was like oh you? you know my usual tactic at home is like just kind of let the fire burn let her know that I'm there for her you know happy to support her if she needs me but not going to get too close because I might get sort of kicked and whatever but we we're in a very public place and there were people around Jen who were looking at me like oh yeah you were getting parents hard, for like, sure. a lot of them had like A laugh on their face, a smile in their eyes. They're looking at at me like, and the more I tried to, you know, you know, you're a little bit embarrassed in (laughs) in a very public place. The more you try and be like, oh, now come on. Everything's okay. Sit up at it. The worse it makes it. The more oh, kicking yeah. there is, the, the more screaming. It, it. Yeah. it went on and on and on and on and on. I actually considered getting off at a stop that was absolutely nowhere near where we were going and just to just to escape from the, you know, echoing off the side of the train walls. So it definitely made me realize that when you get that intuition about it being time to go home, it's time to go home. We had to call my dad and get him to come and meet us at the train station with a car because we couldn't oh walk home. It was so And even then in the car, my mum, who I was with, opted to walk home by herself instead of coming in the car with us because it was so bad. And my my dad, who's a paediatrician, as in he's around children all the time, he was looking at me like, what in the actual hell is happening here? Because we had the two kids in the back of the car both losing their minds by this point and it was contagious. Um, and, yeah, that was our experience at the museum. So, when you get that little feeling like, oh, I think maybe my kids have had enough, it's best to leave on a high note It really is because otherwise you end up like that with screaming children in multiple
1: forms of transportation. Oh, my God. That's such a good note, too. Like, I think we're at that place now, like we have a membership to Science World here in Vancouver. Um, And it's great fun to go and it's so much fun to go. And we have really mastered the art of like leaving earlier than you think, because we have been exactly <laughs> the same boat as you, Kate. One time it was our youngest kid who literally, as soon as the SkyTrain doors closed, complete scream meltdown on the train, and literally you're stuck in a metal tube with nowhere to go. Um, and so now I'm like, you know, what used to be like, oh, let's stay the whole day and let's really push the visit and get the most out of our day. Now I'm like, ah, it's been two hours. We we should just head out now. And, two hours feels kind of heroic. Yeah. You kind of forget about budgeting like the way home as part of the activity sometimes, especially if you're taking transit or walking home. It's like, however long you wanted your kids to be out, you need to budget the entire moment you leave your house to get home because once they hit that wall, there is just, no coming back. And our children, my youngest and your oldest, are are kind of that same in that once they are done, it is just it's it's over. The only saving grace <laughs> with my youngest is he actually collapses in your arms and falls asleep. So oh that gosh. makes that part a little he bit is, easier.
0: <laughs> he is so cute with how he falls asleep. I was ba- I babysat a couple of weeks for ago for you, and he's just he's just like the most trusting little cuddler. He'll just leap into your arms and he can fall asleep in a flash. And he's like, well, three and a half, like that's a pretty special technique. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty special skill to just fall asleep with anyone anytime. So the next. The next fail is not, not child related, but it is certainly podcast related. If you're um, a <laughs> follow or subscribe to our podcast, you will have noticed that I made a big mistake on a, a big epic fail on our podcast in early January. And I got to say, Jen, I was so disappointed because this was an episode with one of my absolute favorite guests today. Her name is Linda Flanagan and she was amazing. She was talking about her book, Take Back the Game, which is all about youth and kids, and sports, and I don't know what happened. While I was preparing to go away to the sunny land of Australia, I fluffed up something on the recording and I uploaded what was a completely unlistenable audio track. If you listen to it, we were all talking over the top of each other. It was horrible. Everything about it was wrong. And all of Linda's amazing, wonderful advice was totally jambled. And because I was in Australia without access to my laptop, which I hadn't brought, I only brought my work laptop, I couldn't fix the issue. (laughs) I can't tell you how frustrating that was. Jen, I was so mad. I did get back to Canada. I fixed the episode. I am not making that editing mistake again. I figured out what I did, but I absolutely loved Linda. So, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I did hear that weird episode. It was unlistenable and I never went back. Please go back. If you subscribe, you need to delete the episode and re-download it (laughs) and then you can listen because Jen, Linda was
1: amazing, right? Oh, that was so good. Like Me and Kate and I are just getting into the sports with kids. Our oldest, mine is six and yours is almost six. Um, and so we're just, again, just on the ledge looking into children's sports. And there's just so much pressure already at five and six for your kid to be in multiple activities and extra activities and activities that have two and three nights a week of practice and games. Um, and Linda just had some really, really valuable insights and advice on how not to get sucked into that culture um, and a really good reminder of like what children actually need to thrive. Surprise, surprise. It's not seven days a week of hockey practice. Um, There's very few children who thrive in that kind of high pressure environment and very few families. And I think for me, like Linda's message really came back to like, so what if your kid ended up you know, doing well at hockey, but your marriage falls apart as a result. Like those are some of the trade-offs you are going to look at at that you know really really high level of competitive sports, especially for multiplying that times multiple children. Uh, so so super super good episode. If you're in the thick of it, or if you're looking again, like looking out at kind of that part, um, just so many really great insights from Linda.
0: Yeah, please go back and make me feel better about the fact that I fluffed up what should have been the absolute best episode we've ever had on our podcast and one of my favorite guests. But that was one of my epic fails from this winter. Um, The other thing that I think has happened, Jen, we don't have specific examples of this, but you and I have both dealt with a lot of illness with our kids. And if you're listening in, particularly if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you might be feeling this like, Yeah. Like again, today, one of my kids was home. You've probably had kids home sick, maybe multiple times, maybe back-to-back illnesses. Maybe you've been sick too. And honestly, we really, really feel that because it has been a brutal cold and flu season. We're very excited for spring to happen. I think one of the things that while we're putting this episode together, we're like, yeah, there's been a lot of fails. There's been a lot of meltdowns. There's been a lot of illness. But one really beautiful thing that came out of this, all of these moments, is that after so many cancelled plans and so many weekends where we couldn't see people, each of us and and our friends and whatever because kids were sick, we had this beautiful day recently where we did manage to gather with some friends at a park near us, and it's a park that lets you have a little campfire in the middle of the park, um, not safely. A campfire it- ring, we should say yes, yeah, safely, rings. very safe. Not, not setting fire to a <laughs> park, please don't do that. <laughs> 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 There was no one around. No one had thought to go and do this except us, which doesn't make it a bad idea, by the way. Um, And we had this beautiful day with four families. Uh, We roasted marshmallows. We had kids playing soccer, kids playing in the playground, and we got to actually spend time together. And it felt, I think, particularly because we'd had such a rough few weeks and months before that with illness across all of these families. It felt so special. I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, we that should be normal for all of us. It should be normal to have these beautiful days where we support each other and we spend time with our family and friends and our loved ones. Unfortunately, due to COVID, that wasn't tr- true for a long time. And due to a lot of illness, it hasn't been true. But a reminder to you that it is possible. It can come back again. <laughs> we can remember that we're not supposed to be raising kids completely in isolation, right?
1: Yeah, I think some of the success from that weekend is it was a little bit last minute Like sometimes I find when you plan something super, super far in advance, I'm just like, oh, it'll crumble before we get there, you know, because somebody will be sick, something else will happen. And this week we had like a we were kind of talking about it a few weeks in advance. It was one of our friends' birthday and then also my husband's birthday. They share the same day. So we were kind of throwing around ideas. There was a few last minute uh things that kind of happened to change the location and a few last minute, you know, kind of details. And I feel like it just came together. And we were sitting there like four couples with a combined, you know, eight adults and eight children. And we were all playing together outside. It was this magical day. The weather looked bad, but it like held out, uh, snowed just a tiny bit. It was beautiful. Um, and I, I felt so lucky that I was like, will we ever duplicate this day again? Because if we tried to, we probably couldn't. It was just came together by like magic. It felt like.
0: I will point out that while we had an amazing day, the person whose birthday it actually was, who may be listening right <laughs> know didn't actually come. So you might say for her and her family, it wasn't exactly a win, but we will do it again some other time. (laughs) And for those of us who could make it like four out of five wasn't bad.
1: And we should know that she had a fabulous day skiing in Whistler the following day and was getting up there Ah, extra early. So it wasn't a negative drawback that she she couldn't (laughs) come. It was for something um, equally awesome. Um, So we hope this week we've just shared, you know, winter can be super challenging between just physically being cold, having colds, gear forgotten so much extra gear in the winter we go through i don't know about uk but like we have so many pairs of mittens that we're cycling through at school right now like we're constantly like we're down we're down one mitt. at one point we were down two entire set of mittens and that hmm. i found a set I know it's they are. Where, like the, the gear is just it's so hard to keep track of at this age so if you find yourself struggling with some of those things you are definitely not alone we are dealing with that too
0: yeah. And if you're finding as well, particularly if you have smaller kids, if you find winter in a cold climate, very challenging, also not alone there. Um, one of my friends posted a little picture recently of her kid from a few years ago and how he sort of did winter and he wouldn't wear snow pants in the snow and he wouldn't wear mittens. And, you know, they, they're they fiercely independent. They're asserting that independence, but then they get like brutally cold. So, that's <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I think that's just the reality of kids. Um, and, you know, in the weekend, one of our kids got super cold in the snow as well. So, if you're finding it hard, it's because it actually is hard. You're not doing it wrong. You're doing a great job. And we we really, really hope for, for those of you who've been dealing with a lot of colds and flus and gastro and whoever, whatever else, we really, really hope that spring comes quickly wherever you live because it can't keep going like this it's not normal to be as sick as most of our kids and most of our friends kids have been this year and it will pass there's sunshine coming right Jen absolutely there was already a little bit of sunshine this week it was pretty good there's sunshine coming but you can bet your bottom dollar we'll be back with epic fails the spring edition in a couple of months maybe not maybe things will have gone smoothly by then but just know that like meltdowns you <laughs> kids throwing themselves on the floor and screaming in our faces is like kind of a reality of every single day. So you're not alone. And uh yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear about it. Let us know over on Instagram at get outside with kids what you're finding hard, the epic fails you've been having with your kids this winter so that we can feel a little less alone as well. Um, If you've liked this episode, please make sure you go and share it with a friend who's maybe going through a hard time. You can text them a link to the episode or maybe share it on on Instagram. If you have ideas for guests or topics for the podcast, we'd love to hear them as well. We always love hearing from you. Uh, The best place to do that is through a DM on Instagram. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Get Outside With Kids.